0: You're listening to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live with your hosts, Eric Provoznik, Jim Culver, Marty Zamora, and Christine Leninger.
1: Hi, this is Jeffrey Bryan, and I want to welcome you to the All Over the Place podcast where the fun sanity never ends.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to All Over Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live. I'm Eric Provoznik, your host, and... Back in the house, Mr. Marty Zamora. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. And also with Jim Culver. Gentlemen. Hey, 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 hey. Go and ahead. Christine with As Always as well. Hello, everyone. Hello. And as you can tell, folks, from the backdrop, you can see behind everything, it just saw to kick off the show. And behind Marty right now, and behind me over here, we got a little Midnight Oil, we got some talking heads. Howard Jones is up there in that corner we are going to be talking tonight about cold war era films and to keep with the barbenheimer theme we are going to be doing one movie our favorite movie inspired by a toy before we get going i want to make sure i send a shout out to yasmin mcgee with xyz promotions your print and promo specialist make sure you head on over to xyzpromotions.com xyz promotions all your printing needs from a to xyz as always thank you yasmin for being a sponsor here on all over the place and folks again we are we are inspired tonight we got caught up in the craze the barbenheimer thing no one here has seen barbie correct nope. no okay but i i have seen oppenheimer i know christine saw oppenheimer we saw it in glorious 35 millimeter jim and marty uh have you guys gotten around to it yet and if not is it on your near horizon
1: not yet but it's on my list ditto
0: uh definitely recommend on the big screen it's intense but oh my god great movie and why that is the inspiration for cold war movies at the end of it big spoiler alert we know what happened of course those are the two blasts that ended world war ii in japan the atomic blast but they mentioned the movie that i spoiler Spoiler alert, alert we won vj day fast approaching here uh when this airs and But what they mentioned in the movie was those two blasts were kind of the unofficial start to the Cold War. So we're going to be talking about our favorite Cold War-themed films. And we're going to go, as always, to our number one film expert here on All Over
1: the Place. Jim, your number three or your number two? Well, However you want to order it. Okay. Yeah, I guess I'll go three, two, one here. So my number three is going to be uh, the original Manchurian Candidate. Ooh. And a really, really awesome spy movie from the '60s. Uh, it's it's very dark, darkly comic. It's uh, twisty. It's intense. It's the easily the best acting Frank Sinatra's ever done, um, and just a just an all around fantastic suspense thriller. Um, it takes shots at both sides, but generally speaking, it's uh, it, it knows who the who the who the bad guys are. Um, and it's just a uh, just a really wonderful movie. Nice call, like that,
0: and it, agree one hundred percent. That would that would definitely be uh, Old Blue Eyes' greatest acting performance, no doubt. All right, Christine, I'm going to skip over to you now for your number three, or one, or however order you want to go.
2: Well, I'm going to make this super easy because that's my number three movie as well. Hey, um, yeah, and I got to go right that,
0: out the gate.
2: Yeah, and I got to say that that and. It, you know, I was born in the '70s. Um, you know, definitely Cold War times. But um, that was one of the first old movies that I saw, besides for like, um, um, you know, The Wizard of Oz or you know, whatever other movie you want to mention. That was one of the first old movies that I've that I saw, and just was captivated by it. Absolutely captivated and I'm um, just fascinated by the subject matter and just it was yeah really really great movie
3: excellent fantastic
0: all right marty did you did you also name Manchurian Candidate your number three or you no know, my
3: number you three is not Manchurian Candidate. Uh my number three, not a big stretch, Hunt for Red October. The- ah. Best, worst Scottish, Russian, Soviet accent ever. I mean, that was terribly good. Emphasis on terrible. Not a good accent. Fantastic movie. I love it, love it, love it. And I can't even tell you why. Bunch of good acting, good supporting cast. Uh, You know, Sean did his best at Russian. I'm American. It all sounded okay to me, really. I don't, what do I know from him? Really? Right.
0: Do you want anybody besides Sean Connery delivering the awesome line? Some things should not react well to bullish.
3: Yes. Yeah,
0: that. <laughs> that comes out of any other mouth. Just who cares? Yeah.
3: It's a, it's a dumb line. It's a throwaway that you might not even notice.
0: But Alec okay. Baldwin, a lot of people say, and my dad's a big Clancy fan. He, he still, to this day, names Alec Baldwin, his, his favorite, Jack Ryan.
3: Oh, it, out of the park. I, I have an opinion about him, but he's a great actor. He's a damn he's a good actor.
0: Man. I mean, say what you will about him off screen, he brings yeah. a shit to the screen or when he's when he's acting. He's he's the man. Yes, I, he I like, uh,
3: And I kind of rediscovered it when I met my wife because she loved Sean Connery and um, just she wanted to watch it one day, and, I, and then I remembered that I loved it. It was maybe you know twenty years
0: ago or so. But
3: great movie. Great, great, great.
0: Jim, Jim, uh, the, the film expert here. where do you rank? Uh, Alec Baldwin amongst the Jack Ryan's.
1: Um, I would say below uh, Harrison Ford, but above um, what's his name, Chris Pine. Okay. And and uh, uh, whoever's the name is the guy who played Jim on The Office. Uh, he's 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 a really good Jack Ryan, but I would say his the show is kind of not in the, really in the same universe, so I would keep it out of that list. Uh, but yeah, so I would say. Yeah, I, I would say so. I'd put Alec Baldwin at number two. Uh, yeah, young Alec Baldwin was a really, really talented guy. It's it's kind of a shame what happened to him in his career, but uh, but yeah, he was really something else back then. And yeah, that, that is one of my absolute favorites as well, not just a cold war favorite, but, a, but an all time favorite. Nice, and yeah. I'll say this about Connery's accent his character is not supposed to be Russian, he's supposed to be a Lithuanian living in right. Russia. Yes. So theoretically, he could be speaking with a Lithuanian accent which maybe sounds like Scottish
0: I have well, there, a, for, the,
1: for those who forget it, I mean it's a it's not a,
0: at all in tune with, with tonight's topic but Sean Connery what was supposed to be a Spaniard with a Scottish accent in Highlander <laughs> it's Sean Connery who cares he can yeah, say right? whatever he wants however right. he wants yes Yes. Christine, as our literary guru here, that's a Tom Clancy adaptation. What's your take on the, uh, the Jack Ryan character as played by Alec Baldwin compared to the other ones?
2: Oh, I don't. I haven't seen enough of them to really comment on that. But um, I'm a big Sean Connery fan. He's one of my uh, um, ancestors. <laughs>
0: oh, all right, most. Well. <laughs> I'm usually the one name dropping. Just saying All right. Good. Good.
2: All I mean, right. I don't know if we're related, but our families are from Scotland.
0: So. <laughs> oh, so you're going? With yeah. Cousins, brothers, nephews, yeah. Uncles, fifth cousins. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and Mar- yeah. Marty, what, what happened in your background? Uh, it was
3: causing a bit of lag. So.
0: Okay. Well, I, okay. The, I want. I do want to make a, I, I should have commented on it earlier, but now that it's gone, I'll actually make a comment for those. What uh, for those listening only, not watching uh, when we'll eventually be up on YouTube. Uh, Marty had the Soviet flag and the U.S. flag in either corner. And one of the things that, you know, our generation definitely understood, and, and our parents to a degree, too, they were born roughly about that, or, or were young, right right after the bombs were dropped. And we lived under the threat of nuclear war. And all these movies came about during this time, and there was an, an anxiety to, to a large degree. And... Marty and I were sporting our MTV shirts, and that was one of the things that you had that could help take your mind off of it. But there are also a lot of artists singing songs that, about that anxiety and, and the war that could happen at any time. And I think it gets lost out uh, the Cold War went away in the 90s, but now things coming back. So who knows if we're gonna get another uh, onslaught of uh, Cold War-related films and songs.
3: I, I gotta say, I mean, not to be all, to get all geopolitical, but, I think in the in the climate we're in, I think we're closer to that cold war sort of closeness to Armageddon. We're at least similar as we were in the eighties, yet the youth seems so blissfully unaware of all of it. Yeah. You ask about, you know, what do you think is going on? What do you mean? What's going on? Oh, yeah, yeah, the Ukraine thing. Uh yeah, that's part of it. Oh, like they just don't have any concept of. They're
2: completely disassociated.
3: Yeah, you know, it's it's really easy to just ignore all that. Well, know, it, it was more a part of our uh, culture at the time.
0: Yeah,
3: it was talked about. It was openly talked about, and the damn Rooskies and all
0: that. So. Well, since we uh, just uh, since we're briefly into the geopolitical, I think that. Um, the deterrence that was used between the soviet union and the u.s so you know just uh, one having a bigger stockpile than the other just to make sure it's not going to happen so you know, I, I, no one wants to be the one to, to drop the big one so dude i mean and we had the, the crazies like Mumar gaddafi running around or idi amin or uh well not idi Amin. who was it yasser arafat, yeah, arafat who who were who were threats to possibly you know acquire a nuclear bomb are we that closer to it now, or do you think the U.S. And, and Russia can still be the two biggest kids on the block deterring the other from doing it? I don't know. But, yeah, well, I, I'm definitely with you, Marty, in that, that you know, there, there's this blissful uh, ignorance going on when it just well, we, we may be closer than we were back in the 80s. We might, because now we have, I think it's
3: not as unattainable as it was back then. Now any idiot with enough backing and money could kind of covertly make his way into doing something like that yeah and uh, i mean it doesn't take a big stockpile to make this happen you know the ones we dropped in japan were small very small by comparison to what we have now so it's it's definitely a thing and uh good for the youth they're blissfully unaware
0: truth. I so, well, I, I, I'll cue up a little uh, Gap Band and you dropped a bomb on me, although that wasn't about the Cold War, at least I don't think so. But, no. uh, <laughs> uh, so and we're going to switch back, taking away from the geopolitical now and going back to the movies oh, yeah. that uh, <laughs> the topics on hand. Uh, break down. I'm gonna get, Jim, I'm also going to go get a little dark, but uh, mm-hmm. one of the greatest dark comedies of all time with Dr. Strangelove, or how oh. I learned to stop worrying and care about the bomb just peter sellers multi-characters of course such a big influence on on eddie murphy playing multiple characters but that movie is just mm-hmm. dark and funny yet you know il- being able to illustrate all of the the anxieties about a bomb going off so yep yeah that was that was real good and claude akins just riding that bomb in the end <laughs> <Yee-haw>. that's, that's <laughs> comedy bro. yee-haw you damn right yeah yeah, yeah. well that, yeah. That, that that's my number three
1: so uh
3: the reference to that in armageddon uh steve buscemi <laughs>
1: <laughs> get off the nuclear warhead precisely well, then, I don't I a you guys
0: on that one because i i saw armageddon once and that was enough for me i don't, I don't care, care how many people i
3: like hated it I
0: damn, i'm sorry jim it's that damn aerosmith song that's <laughs> the, you want to talk about a, a deterrent for me that's <laughs> worse than a nuclear bomb that insipid song but anyway the oh, movie is oh, so
2: anyway, running through my head
1: good cheese Good cheese, the movie. Bad cheese song. Diane Warren. Anyway. So if, you cut, if you cut the Aerosmith out of that movie, it's probably a half hour long. So I'll give you that. One. <laughs> there you go.
0: We <laughs> need a montage.
1: So Jim, your number yeah. two. My number two. So I'm I'm kind of having to reshuffle my list here because uh, two of my two of my picks have already been taken by other people, but that's okay. Uh, so for Thank my Matthew. number two, uh, my number two, I'm gonna go with a something uh, pretty obscure. Uh, a lot of folks probably haven't seen, but I really think it's it's deserves to be included on this list. It's um, it's a, a a movie from the the, the '60s from B- in BBC called The War Game. Uh, it was it was aired on BBC television. It's about um, it's about it's documentary style, and it's about a, a, a like a fictional story of um, of, of a nuclear bombing of, of England, and then it's like fake documentary footage of the aftermath. And it is absolutely brilliant and devastating, and it's easily one of the best made-for-TV films ever made. It's it's fantastic, and it's re- and it's heartbreaking. But it's uh, if you wanted to, to 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 make a movie, I'm not an anti-war person, but if you wanted to make a movie about about the folly of nuclear war, you could not do better than that. It's it's amazing. So uh, it's it's probably it's the only, the only movie of its kind on my list, but I really think it be- it belongs on there. So that's one, great. one more time. What's the title? It's called The War Game. It's from, I think, mid the mid-60s, mid I think 1965. It's a BBC movie, but if you ever get the chance to see it, it's really good.
0: A so. made-for-TV, and I'm going to jump out of order here. Uh, sorry, Christine, I'm going to jump in, because my number two is also a made-for-TV, The Day After, starring Jason Robards and small parts at the time for Steve Guttenberg, Amy Madigan, I'm trying to think who else, but it But that was one of the most watched TV, things at the, uh, TV shows at the time. I remember rushing home from, uh, we were at my grandparents' house. We had the VCR set. We watched the end of it, and it was just one of those things that ABC aired, and it was before they wussed out with uh, Blocking the Path of 9-11, that movie. But day after, it just showed very raw what would happen in the, in the uh, case of a nuclear war. And it uh, actually uh, directed by, and of course now I'll blank on his name, but the, the director from star trek 2. go ahead jim nicholas meyer just remembered it nicholas meyer <laughs> <laughs> thank you marty for that little nudge there it got me over there so nicholas meyer directed it and said after abc metal too much it'll never do it again but man that movie we you talk, it was talked about for days afterward at mm-hmm. school and there were a lot of schools that actually showed recorded uh it was taped and shown in classrooms and i don't know i don't know if have um, you ever saw it in a classroom or caught it when it aired or but did that no. movie was Haunting. definitely of the era and definitely yeah, people were
2: devastated was, after watching that movie they were like was it real was it fake like
0: yeah, yeah. like a whole war of the worlds thing yeah with orson wells kind of stuff yeah and
3: not really realizing that the question they're asking kind of answers itself well it could be real it's kind of the point yep the point they were making in the movie you know is look at this
0: and and i I, I like it it got the ronald reagan stamp of approval at the time so that was nice all right that's my number two i'm going to
2: jump in on this one because you just took my second one (laughs) with your first one um dr strange love is my one so um yeah I love quirky movies and peter sellers and three different um roles in it and um yeah it was just it was uh just weird but good hey, in, the,
0: in the words of the almighty purple yoda from minnesota prince joy and repetition tonight nothing wrong with that that's right marty i'll drop a prince thing wherever i can we're gonna go to you now mr zamora for your number two
3: I don't even know, after that, what well, she just said, I can't, uh, Top Gun or something, I don't know. What? <laughs> top Gun. Or something? <laughs> uh, he just threw the, the purple yellow from Minnesota.
2: Just oh, out. I didn't say that.
3: Ding-dong over there. In the like, what
2: did I say? Yeah,
3: <laughs> and sometimes you kill me and I just, so yeah, Top Gun, for obvious reasons, uh so, Early on, you know, Tom Cruise, Pretty Boy, whatever, we found out, oh, he can act. Wow, that's pretty cool. And that yep. movie was just Americana. Like this was I, you know, there was the tongue-in-cheek uh, you know, America, you know, that you know it was just part. an
0: advertisement for the
2: Navy, man, man, man.
3: Yeah, and a really good one. It was a really, good one. Really good one. I wanted to join the Navy for like, you know, a half hour <laughs> after the movie. <laughs> but
0: I mean, just wait, I, I gotta be good at math. Eh, no, never mind. And it,
3: it was, uh, you know, the Cold War stuff was—I don't want to call it subtle, but wasn't the main focus of the movie. But right. it was kind of a uh, looking back at it now, a bit of a, a window back.
2: An undercurrent for sure. Yeah,
3: that's how we lived. That's how things were back then. Just yeah. very uh, turn the saturation up on life kind of thing, and everything was big and bold, and you know. We we're high-fiving the shit out of each other and just the way we lived back then you know and uh you know and then it was in the cold war era so uh, maybe that's a bit of commentary on how we dealt with living under that doom we just turned it up to 11 and kept going you know
0: we wanted to smack yeah. some russians around i'm sure some russians wanted to smack us around it was a, it was a good cathartic release that movie sure absolutely
3: yeah and i mean you know and the, the russian part of it really uh you know, it was obviously the. You know, we're the good guys and jingoism, jingoism, jingoism. <laughs> we're, we're superior and all that. So, which I was great. I, I was totally fine with that. That was again, turn up to eleven, max saturation. That's how we
1: lived. Yeah. That's why Rocky and a lot of these other movies work because yeah. that's just the way things were. You know, I, I actually just rewatched that movie last night, believe it or not, oh, with, wow. with my family, uh, and you know. So, you know, I, I love it. It's one of my absolute favorites. But something that really struck me when we were watching it was people are always going off about, oh, this movie is so simple. It's so you know jingoistic and you know black and white and all that. But I mean, if you actually watch the movie, like underneath all that, it's about you know these. It's about trauma. It's about like PTSD. It's about people dying and having to carry on from oh. that. It's about people's egos and how to how to learn learning how to manage them. Like people always talk about. Tom Cruise's character being just kind of arrogant and cocky, but it's like, yeah, but it's like he screws everything up in that movie, everything up until the last fifteen minutes. Yeah. learn to not be that way. So yeah. it's like if you actually watch the movie, it's it's about him overcoming those qualities. Yeah, it's yeah. a that Tom Cruise movie, movie,
0: movie in the, the '80s and '90s, so he's living in the shadow of a very successful father, right? Yeah, exactly. figure.
3: Yeah. yeah,
0: daddy and issues? You're right. I
3: mean, every the whole entire movie he makes. A series of bad decisions and it was all because of his ego yeah you know everything he trying to live up to a ghost but it was all about his ego and being cocky and just wrong decision after wrong decision and
1: yeah
2: you
3: know, you're right <laughs> so, uh, ten minutes he got it together and became the hero
1: yeah but, he, yeah so anyway i and can go off can the about that but <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
0: All right, these are all awesome calls tonight, folks. So I'm gonna, we're going to wrap it up with our, our number one now, and going back to Jim for our number one Cold War era movie.
1: Okay, so uh, before I do my number one, I'm just going to mention a couple of honorable mentions, if I could. Yes, um, I'm going to say Firefox. Ooh, uh, it's, yeah, it's super fun Clint Eastwood movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the other I'm going to mention is of uh, course, of course, it's, of course it's Escaping me now, uh, the Spy Who Loved Me. Oh, uh, which was a personal favorite growing up. One of my favorite Bond movies. Just, uh, just James Bond winning over the Russians with the pure power of his awesomeness. And uh, yeah, I love that movie. Uh, okay, so for my number one, uh, I, I apologize if I'm stealing anybody else's, but you guys stole like two out of two out of my three. So, uh, <laughs> Red Dawn. Absolutely amazing movie. To be perfectly honest, Jim, I, I would not be surprised if this is all of our number yeah, one. Yeah, it might be. So I'm just gonna get there first because screw it. Yeah, hey, Maybe um, roll tonight, gang.
2: Not me. Right. Not me. Oh, that's <laughs>
1: right. At least one of us will not have it. Yes. It's yeah, kind of the ultimate Cold War comes comes home movie. Um, it's it's of course wish fulfillment for any '80s kid growing up thinking, what would I do if the if the commies came over came over the hill tomorrow, uh, and um, And I'm not even going to say a word about the remake because other than Chris Hemsworth, it sucked um, and missed and completely missed the point. But uh, but yeah, it's absolute classic. Uh, John Milius, uh, he's he's he was a brilliant writer who never got enough credit for how good a writer he was. You know, everyone kind of kind of scoffed at his movies, but because they were kind of these big bombastic movies. But he wrote like a poet. In, in in with his dialogue and his writing, it was absolutely brilliant writing. Um, and ne- like almost nothing written today can touch the dialogue that he wrote in movies like Conan and Red Dawn. So, uh, yeah, Teddy Roosevelt for crying out loud that, that's enough for me. That's right, yeah. absolutely. So, yep, that's my pick.
0: All right, well, we're, we're gonna go a off, off, there's gonna be no repetition on this one, Christine. You're number
2: one. Oh, I get to go now? And I get to name something nobody else has yet? Okay, so mine is a 1983, 83, 81? I don't remember. Anyhow. Three. Three. Is it 83? Okay. Oh,
0: I knew this ahead of time. I, I can help her out with this one, yes.
2: Yeah, so it's War Games with Matthew Broderick. Oh, yeah. So, of course now, because of the whole AI thing now, and... Um, you know, can computers actually accidentally cause World War III? Um, of course, it, you know, in the movie it happens because Matthew Broderick hacks into their, um, you know, unknowingly hacks into their um, systems and almost accidentally causes World War III. But, um, you know, who knows, right?
3: But- well, Matthew it?
0: Broderick was playing quite the hacker back then between that and uh, changing his grade in Ferris Bueller. That just yeah, he was very, I think it was
2: from what he learned very, in doing war games that he applied it in um Fierce Wheeler. Right.
3: He, he did not nuclear weapon. Really. He just wanted you know better attendance.
0: And what well, well, of course the Whopper, and but you, you mentioned uh Matthew Broderick, of course, the star, but great supporting cast too, with Ali Sheedy and the amazing Dabney Coleman.
2: Yes, Dabney Coleman. If, if
0: anybody could play a better asshole in the 80s, I challenge them to beat Dabney Coleman.
2: Oh yeah, he was everywhere.
0: Uh
1: Billy Zabka, hello.
2: Yeah. Well,
0: okay. We have an adult asshole and a teen slash young adult asshole.
2: You know, if you're gonna go down that road, I would um say James James Spader was a pretty good asshole, also. Well,
0: that's what true. about the Breakfast Club?
3: Now there was an
1: asshole. Sorry uh, Mr. Verdin, yes. And that's that's the only <laughs> character he played. He made a whole career out of it after that. Yeah, yeah. Right.
0: See folks, um, the '80s were awesome. So unrivaled. Hey, unrivaled. Uh, that's right. 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 back groom, groom. All right,
3: stop smiling, everybody.
0: Yes, Marty, um, you're 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 no, newer, number numero uno, or you're uh, some. Uh, I'm still. On, I'm on one, but I'm still on uh, Christine's.
2: War games.
3: Right. War games. So modernize that. What do we have going on now? AI, and we don't know where that's going to take us. But right. one of the smartest guys in the world's like, uh, we should be worried about this. And everybody goes, Yeah, oh, yeah, you care. Probably. But maybe. I mean, very plausible that it becomes sentient enough to realize that we're all just meat puppets and we don't aren't necessary. So it wouldn't be like a hacker or a mistake, but man, it's it, it kind of there's some some real uh Real yep. similarities to
0: modern times, possibilities on that one.
2: Absolutely.
0: And with the current generation, once again, blissfully unaware. And they oh, know. Know. they're like,
2: it's awesome.
0: It wrote my paper for me. Go Great. back and watch Skynet, man. Skynet's coming, man. That's coming.
2: Yeah.
3: All right. So I brought it down. Is it my turn?
0: Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yes. Bring it right up.
3: And I'm going to say red no stripes
2: Ooh,
0: we are going left field i'm liking this though go and tell us why you're picking stripes number one and it
3: goes a little to that whole saturation turned all the way up thing it was goofy and campy and funny while talking about this dumb but kind of serious situation with the with the with the motorhome going into the into the red district, you know, like it was—it was dumb and uh, very, very childish. And I loved every second of that movie. Um, and it happened to be set in the uh, Cold War era with some sort of
0: Cold War type uh, references. Joe Joe Flaherty as a Czechoslovakian border guard. Hell yeah! Oh. <laughs> Just very see, there's a there's a joke right there. that I'm rebuilding the gate. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, they were so, full of so many dumb things that were hilarious. Just, you know, so good. Love that movie. Wow, Earthquake. I love that movie, and uh, I figured I'd, you know, end it with a on a happy note. You know.
0: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it back around, though, because it, we're, we're my number one. And uh, honorable mention is going to go to the first two Planet of the Apes movies which had one nuclear strike off camera while he was circling there up up in space, Charlton Heston's character. And then the second one where they actually drop another nuclear bomb to end that movie. And it, the, you, you did it to yourselves. And so I, I'm gonna go with uh, Planet of the Apes and, uh, and the second one, uh, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, as my honorable mentions. But my, my number one is the same as Jim's, Red Dawn. I he perfectly encapsulated earlier. This has already been my number one patriotic film. It was the '80s, folks, and wish fulfillment got no better than yelling Wolverines and taking out some commies. Heck yes! still yeah! And I mean, w- William Smith, one of one of the, the, the great character actors of the time, the guy guy who actually studied Russian. He had, I believe was a Russian major in college at UCLA, and the guy was he, he was your go-to for any Russian general. At that time, and I'm going to throw some love out to our friend Jack Marino. Uh, he, uh William Smith also played a Russian in his Forgotten Heroes movie. So, lo- love you on that one, Jack for and William Smith. And Red Dawn, that's my number one, absolutely. And uh, enough said on that one,
3: yeah. I agree with you guys, that's that's number one. But I knew you guys would pick number one, so I got number one. That's, but... a,
0: that's another honorable mention for you. There you go. Oh, I, didn't,
3: I didn't want to uh, have three of us have the same movie. So strike seems fun, but red red dawn
0: is definitely the one for me. There you go. Well, and that's that's part of our that's the back end of the Barbenheimer theme. Now we're gonna flip it around, have a little bit more fun, a little less heavy-handed. Well, perhaps I don't know what everyone's favorite toy is, but to go with the Barbie aspect, we are gonna pick our favorite toy-inspired movies. And Marty, I'm gonna start with you on this one.
3: Well, uh, uh, an honorable mention, I'll go with, um, and it was my lovely wife that pointed it out. Mars Attack, Mars Attacks, was a toy, playing cards, playing cards, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, '62, I believe. So, man, yeah, they made a cool movie out of it. It's a bit of a stretch; we not really a toy, but uh, my uh, my toy to movie is none other. Had to be for me, GI Joe. Ah, the movies were fine, but the GI Joe toy was the best toy ever. I love that thing.
0: Well, are, are we talking the, the 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 taller one from with yeah, the, with the actual won. Kung Fu grip, or yeah, the, the Hasbro or characters that came later in conjunction with the uh, the TV show and the comic books? Yeah, those were fine too.
3: But I had the I was
0: I'm a little older. I had the big giant ones. Bare, barely had some of those. Yeah, military grip. family. So yeah.
3: with the Kung Fu grip. And the buzz haircut. He had a buddy. His buddy's name, <clears throat> I don't know.
0: Snake Sorry. Eyes. I I, I love Snake Eyes. So yeah, good, good call with GI Joe. I'm liking yeah, that. I right.
3: just absolutely played with that GI Joe endlessly. <clears throat> had the little plastic boots you could pop on him, and I just love that thing. And there was a an enemy. He was the intruder. He was like this stocky, sort of bullet-headed, muscular guy, and his arms went like that when you pushed it on his head
0: and uh folks i'm liking it
3: and there was also a a movie movie was fine cobra i didn't dislike it but
0: it was fine.
1: destro i gotta say retaliation was way better than the first one yeah Yeah, retaliation by far the best gi joe related movie yeah definitely all right christine up to you over to you
0: Whichever direction people are looking.
2: I was kind of hoping that you would go first because I kind of, you know, thought of mine because of yours, but, um, um, so mom of three boys, I got a lot of these, uh, at one point had a ton of these in my house. And of course we were first in line when this movie came out, the Lego movie. Um, yeah. Emmett and um, yeah, that where we first met um, Batman in Lego form who only travels in black or very, very dark gray. Um, yeah, all right, <laughs> the movie was hilarious, everything is awesome. Yes, it was such a great movie. I was giggling through the whole entire thing.
1: All right, movie can't, can't argue with that one. So, let Legos for Christine Jim. Over to you. Uh, okay. So for honorable mention, I'm just going to say the the entire Transformers movie franchise are franchise, my honorable okay. mentions. Uh, I, I put them in the good but not great category, but they are a lot of fun to watch. Um, They're entertaining
2: so, for sure, yeah.
1: And but, since Christine brought up, what's that? The cartoons came first. I know cartoons came first. We're talking about movies, though. That's
3: true. Yeah. they a cartoon that inspired a toy that inspired a movie.
1: Exactly, right. exactly. Right. a cartoon
0: that inspired a Marvel spin-off comic book as well. That too, yeah, yeah. But
1: since Christine brought up Lego movie, I have to also mention the Lego Batman movie, which I, I think is is a real kick as well,
2: um, oh, yeah. as an honorable
1: mention. Yeah. So, but my pick is uh, going to be uh, Toy Story Two, which I think is by far the best of the Toy Story movies, um, and great. includes a lot of. The, the uh, toys I grew up with as a kid in there, obviously not the main characters, but a lot of the supporting characters are toys that I grew up with, and they're a lot of fun. And I would consider, honestly, Toy Story 2 to be more of a Barbie movie than the Barbie movie, at least based on what I've heard, because it has the actual Barbies and their actual personalities. Yeah. It integrates them into the story in a fun way, and without getting, without getting political about it. So, uh, and... Yeah. And a, a really delightful movie. It, it really goes deep into, like you know, what it means to be a toy in the storyline, and obviously all the metaphors that it that that carries in into the real world. But uh, that that is probably my favorite toy inspired movie. Yeah, excellent.
3: Lovely. I, there,
1: there are no bad
0: Toy Story movies, but Toy Story two. Yeah, I have to agree that that was the the best one. It's like Empire.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly, It's the Empire of Toy Story movies. I like that well uh since both of mine have been stolen now in, in either the pick <laughs> or the Arwen, and, and now, see it all comes around what goes around comes around here folks it's all right <laughs> right now we roll here because i'm going to pull an option because my, my first pick was see i've never seen the lego movie oh, we but,
2: have to see it we have i see
0: love it. i love the lego batman movie i thought that was hilarious and just the, the stuff that they can do with that lego batman awesome that was my pick but jim uh that mentioned uh both of those and uh so i'm going to pull an option on this one i'm going to go with it's a board game clue clue
3: yeah good game good movie
0: and, and well adapted from the board game itself they incorporated that night. i mean it, it's a silly film to a lot a large degree didn't do well at the box office but you know a new life and uh, cast video and uh you know phenomenal cast i mean you, you've got you've I don't even know where to begin between Tim Curry and Michael McKeon and uh, Martin Ball. Oh yeah. Great stuff.
3: And so. I, I think throwing back to the game is anytime you do something that's based on something, you should do your best to refer back to it as much as you can. Yeah. Too many movies that are inspired by something, but that's it. They use the name and then they move on to make a movie. You got to put the stuff in there. Got to
0: have the candlestick. You have to. Yep. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better, Marty. And we're, and and we're going to wrap up our favorite toy-inspired film. And we're, we're going to pull another option here because Marty and I both have MTV shirts on. And we all know what a, a music goon I am. And I mentioned a few of these things up here earlier. We are going to go with our favorite Cold War-related song from the, from back in the day. And so I'm going to, I'm going to go back. I, uh, we're going to start with you, Christine, on this one. Your favorite Cold War song,
2: "Russians" by Sting.
0: Because I, I hear the Russians love their children too. Yes, yeah,
2: apparently. Yeah. if if they love their children too,
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, great song. Mm-hmm. Great, great song. Man, I wish I'd picked that one. That was a really great song. Well, well, Marty, what did you pick? Russia. Uh, <laughs> it's a guy. You, you big you big fooler. Ah, that, that funny. uh this song. Uh, you probably you know me well enough to know this that I'm not a big fan, but really like the song and it's very poignant. Bob Dylan, times they are a changing. Just okay. It's I'm not a big <clears throat> Dylan fan, he's a bit of a douche, but he wrote some good lyrics. Good,
0: good lyrics are good lyrics.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I kind of even like the melody and everything of that song. It's a good, it's a good song, among a bunch of ones that I'm not that crazy about.
0: <laughs> and Jim, you're gonna need to help me out on this one. Uh, do you remember who did the version that they used at the start of the Watchmen movie? That was the Bob Dylan version. Oh no, but a different band sang it.
1: I think. oh really? Oh, I didn't know that. It's it sounds just like him i i'm yeah i'm not sure who the band was then well, was we could research that. i'm pretty sure it was the og Actually, I, I come to think yeah there was there's another bob
0: dylan song in that movie that someone covered so yeah but yeah dylan dylan's at the beginning of that yeah again right versatile say what you will way say what you will about the way the guy sings the lyrics are just perfect for cold war stuff absolutely oh, yeah. yep definitely
3: my other dylan song is of course "Men and me from big Lebowski. <laughs>
1: I'm glad you brought up Watchmen though. Actually, that that could have that could have made my list too if I thought about it. It
3: was close it. to being on mine. I love that one. Nice,
1: yes. Well, Jim, over to you now for your uh, Cold War song. My pick is uh Winds of Change by Scorpions. Ah, I like this guy. Nice one. <laughs> yeah. I uh you know, I really I came of age right right when things were were turning and that song was just such an anthem for that that uh, period in my generation's life, yeah. uh, just in a, a beautiful song, just really, I know yes. it's, I know it's been overplayed, but it's a beautiful song and I love it.
3: I would whistle it, but it'd be out of key. <laughs> yeah, just
1: so much optimism for the future in the early nineties. And, you know, we, we had no idea what was coming, of course, but was, as far as other post-Cold War things, but, uh, but yeah, absolutely love that one. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And Marty, uh, I, I, I
0: kind of want to ask you, put your, uh, your lower your backdrop back up again before I announce my 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 pick. Because it could it couldn't be better for my pick, which I is a song know. by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. <laughs> when two tribes go to war. That's my song. That's a, it's just you got I can't even remember which So it, the Soviet leaders were going it was like Andropov, Trinyenko before Khrushchev. I mean not Khrushchev, before uh oh god, now why am I blanking Oh for- uh, Gorbachev. And it was just boom 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 but at the, at that time when that song came out it, I believe it was a Chernyanko lookalike going up against Ronald Reagan in a, in a wrestling match and just two guys going at and Frankie goes to Hollywood just, just nailed the anxiety of the time the two the two biggest kids on the block pushing each other around and Frankie goes to Hollywood two tribes that's my call for Cold War era song excellent with, with, with a, uh, a a strong um, Honorable mention to Bruce Coburn, if I only had a rocket launcher. Wow.
2: Yeah, love that pick. So,
0: well, there you have it, folks. There's our Barbenheimer episode. So we we had our three Cold War movies, one toy inspired to throw it Barbie's way and then Oppenheimer's way, and a Cold War song. Marty, Jim, Christine, thank you, as always. I think that this show rocked, and, and and it got us a little contemplative, too. Generation Z, pay attention. You might get some good songs out of it.
2: Or movies, yeah.
0: You've been listening to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live. If you like what you've been listening to, and you know you have, be sure to share it with friends and family, social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, wherever. contained herein have been the opinions of the
2: hosts, the producer, and the guests only. You have listened at your own risk.